podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS Missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Now, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donder and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all, which of course is Rudolph? Now, we all know Rudolph thanks to the song. But before that song came out, how many people could have said anything about Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen? I'm not sure that they were all those common a name in Christian folklore until we heard about Rudolph. Okay, now it's a bit of a stretch, but John the Baptist is a little bit like the other eight reindeer. You know John the Baptist, right? But you mostly know John the Baptist because of the most famous man of all, who is Jesus. Because there is a gospel of Matthew and of Mark and of Luke and of John and the Acts of the Apostles, you know the account of this man who was born of Elizabeth and Zechariah, who was called by the Lord to go out into the wilderness and preach and baptize. We really only know about him because of his cousin. He is the light so bright in salvation's history that shines on the one who is called to bear witness. You yourselves bear me witness, John the Baptist said, that I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. The words of John the Baptist. And it is why churches in Europe and the Middle East chose June 24th to be the day of John the Baptist, the day when in the Northern Hemisphere, the light begins to decrease, and the night gets longer, only to have the celebration of his cousin's incarnation celebrated on December 24th when the day starts to get longer, and it's the night that begins to decrease. What John was was a witness, one who was preparing the way for somebody else. He himself was not the light but he came to bear witness about the light. Now, why did you need someone like this? Why couldn't Jesus have just come and said, ta-da, I'm here. The Christ whom you have long awaited has arrived. Well, it's because, believe it or not, some people in this life, in this world, get lost in details. Some people need them. I know a person who needs a detailed daily schedule, broken down by the hour sometimes, even for their vacations. Do you know anyone like that? 
Others would find that to be quite the opposite of a vacation, to have everything planned out to that level of detail. Now, the Jews at the time of Jesus had a tendency to get lost in the details. As a colleague of mine says, they like to get down in the weeds and identify all the weeds and what weed is this and what weed is that. And at the end of the time, they're so focused on all of the vegetation that they lose the fact that they're in a forest and what the forest is all about. And there are a lot of weeds in the Old Testament. Any of you who have endeavored to read through the Bible from beginning to end have probably gotten a little bit slowed down, if not altogether stuck, by the time you get to Exodus and Leviticus. Because that's where the weeds are. For example, if anyone touches an unclean thing, whether a carcass of an unclean wild animal or a carcass of unclean livestock or a carcass of unclean swarming things, and it is hidden from him, and he has become unclean, and he realizes his guilt, when he realizes his guilt in any of these and confesses the sin he has committed, then he shall bring to the Lord as his compensation for the sin that he has committed a female from the flock, a lamb or a goat, for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin. But if he cannot afford a lamb, then he shall bring to the Lord as his compensation for the sin that he has committed two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. He shall bring them to the priest who shall offer first the one for the sin offering by bringing it from its neck, but shall not sever the neck completely, and he shall sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, while the rest of the blood shall be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. <sighs> okay. That's just for one transgression. And it goes on. So if you are a priest of the Jewish people or someone who is deeply interested in following the covenant that the Lord has made with his people at Sinai, you can see where you would get lost in the weeds, in the details, and start perhaps wondering what it's all for. Why are we doing all of this stuff? Why is it so important that we wring the neck of the turtle dove but not separate it from its body completely? And why do we have to sprinkle the blood on the side of the altar? And for some people, not everyone, but for some who are obsessed with details, they're loving this. But kind of forget that there are other kinds of people who are wondering where God is in the midst of all of this ritual. The Jewish leaders knew the trees, but where was God's forest, and what was it all about? The forest, you see, became the darkness. Darkness caused by sin and disregard for the holiness of God. Yes, it's true. And the people were, in the words of Isaiah, walking in a land of deep darkness. The rituals of the Old Testament were meant to bring the people to the mercy seat of God, to the place where they could find a God with a kindly heart, one who was not there to smite them, but one who was there to deliver them from their sins and announce to them, that there was peace between him and his people. They were supposed to, through these rituals, recognize the darkness in their own heart 
and in the world, and come instead to the temple to find a God of light. But they got lost in the weeds. And someone needed to come along and level things out, if you were, and lead them back to God. So, here we are in Montreal, 21st century, no more temple like this, no more altars where we have the ringed necks of pigeons or have to sacrifice sheep and goats. Nonetheless, despite the fact that our churches are rather bloodless and clean, there are still an awful lot of people who don't want to be here. And I'm sure you all know some. And what are the reasons that people give for not wanting to come to church, so to speak? Well, Emily and I, through our internet outreach, come across all sorts of reasons. And I'm sure most of your neighbors and friends have shared theirs at some point as well. Church is all about money. Church is corrupt especially her pastors and leaders. Who knows who to trust? Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. They say one thing and they do another. Church is all about legalism and moralism, telling me what to do, and honestly, I can figure out what to do and how to be good without ever having to sit in a pew on a Sunday morning. You can add your own items to the list because it could go on and on and on. But at the very same time, I bet you also hear complaints from people about the life that they're leading, especially during this time of pandemic. I'm alone. I don't have anyone to talk to or to look after me. I have no friends. No one listens to me. My partners left me. My children won't talk to me. My parents have fallen asleep in Christ or just died. Where do I turn to hear the voice of God? I've actually heard that three or four times in the last month, people writing. How do I reconnect with the Lord? The people you see hate the darkness, but they don't want to change the light bulb or open the light switch. So let's go back to the Jordan and back to John. The guy who's out there by the river, the darkness of the Judean wilderness, where crowds are coming to him trying to find the Lord, trying to find a way out of the darkness and into the light. And John the Baptist is there saying, I am not the light, but I'm going to point you to the one who is. Yes, the temple is all about money, so let's go out and meet in the desert. Yes, too many of our leaders are corrupt, so let's go right to the Lord. And yes, too many of us are hypocrites. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And yes, there is too much legalism and moralism and getting down into the weeds, and so let us make straight paths for the Lord's Christ. Let us level the mountaintops and fill in the valleys so that it's not a difficult-to-find windy road through the desert anymore, but a straight highway for our God that we might remember what this is all about. Our God coming to us and restoring his relationship with his fallen people. The bright light of the Lord coming into the darkness of our own hearts and our lives and our world and shining once again.
be baptized in water. Get ready for the Lord. And that's what the temple and the rites were all about, is coming, and he is coming soon. John didn't make himself out to be somebody he was not. He was not the light. But he came to bear witness to the light. He was the one sent ahead of Jesus to announce that the Lamb of God had come to take away the sins of the world, that his death would end death, and his resurrection would open the gates of heaven. That at the cross, God would reconcile us once and for all to himself. Brothers and sisters in Christ, members of Ascension Lutheran Church here in Montreal, or wherever you might be this morning, the church itself is not the light. We don't ever want to sell ourselves to the world as if we are. We too often try to present ourselves to the world as the solution, but we can get caught up with money just the same as everybody. After all, Hydro-Quebec still wants their bills paid. And we do kind of like meeting in a warm church. Our leaders can become corrupted. I am every bit as human as you are. So is our circuit visitor, Pastor Douthwaite. So is our synodical president, Matthew Harrison. And all of them would freely admit it, that they are every bit as much at risk of the devil's temptations and the sin in their own hearts as you are. We are not Elijah. We are not the prophet. And dear friends in Christ, we are not the Christ. But we are, like John the Baptist, witnesses, helping a world that can too often get lost in the weeds, blinded in the darkness, find the light. We are here to get out of the darkness of our own dark hearts and this dark and lost and confused world to come into the true light that the darkness could never put out. We are witnesses. We are not the judge. We are not the prosecuting attorney. We are not the defense counsel. And we're not the jury. We are the ones standing in the witness box saying, I am not the prophet. I am not Elijah, but I can point you to the one who is the light of the world, in whom there is life and salvation. We are John the Baptist for our world, and that is our role that we play. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.